Welcome to the Cozy Minimalism Podcast. I'm Angie. I'll be your virtual navigator on this path to minimalism. I want to help you create a home that nurtures and supports you, rather than one that drains you and stresses you. My home? Well, it's a regular everyday home. It's not magazine worthy, and some days when I'm not feeling good, it will be a little untidy. But it's never out of control or heavy like it used to be. I offer you a softer, more realistic, and less extreme type of minimalism. I really want you to be able to step away from these episodes feeling motivated. So I don't add a lot of extra fluff just to make them a certain length. What you see is what you get. And I always love to hear from listeners. So hit me up on Instagram or Facebook and let me know how I can serve you better. You all know me. You all know that I have your best interests at heart. So believe me when I say this. I would not tell you to keep something unless I felt keeping it would be in your best interest. I am not in the business of like people keeping their clutter. I'm not. I'm in the business of helping people release clutter. I'm in the business of helping people learn to live with less. Now, Facebook. Facebook is a place where everyone has an opinion and everyone seems so much angrier now. This is why I spend the majority of my time on Instagram now. Just an insider tip there. Um, So, A while ago, I had posted in my usual fashion about if you're not ready to let it go, for Pete's sakes, don't let it go. And and I probably said it more eloquently because I'm paraphrasing. Um, An older lady came on and she had stated to me that I wasn't helpful and that I was enabling people to stay cluttered. And I feel like I want to address that in this podcast episode. Because I think that there's a point in time when she could be. She could be very, very accurate in in what she said. So I'm not going to completely discount her. But the majority of what I teach doesn't align with a specific number of things or a specific look to minimalism or a specific, it is, it is how you feel in your home. And if I start ripping things out of people's hands and saying that what I think is clutter versus helping them through the process of what they feel is clutter, if I started going around and I started saying that house looks cluttered, I am not in alignment with my values. People pay me to give them my opinion. I give them the support to release things. And yes, there are times 
that they struggle with something. And if after we've done, use the techniques that I use with them and we've went through it and they still aren't 100% sure, we put that thing to the side. This is gentle decluttering. And remember, I always say decluttering and minimizing are different. Decluttering, we're focusing on the clutter. We're focusing on those baby steps to get us out of this cycle of accumulating and removing. So the decluttering part of it is just deciding what is clutter and stopping that inflow. The second part of it is the minimizing. The minimizing is where the magic happens in minimalism. There is a shift and you start to appreciate that white space. You don't need all of those baskets and bins holding your tea and all of your special drinks because you have your two favorites instead of a basket full of them. And we do have our own places for decluttering and minimizing. I don't believe that you can jump from straight at the beginning right into minimalism. Like if you took all of your stuff out, you are not going to learn the valuable lessons that the process has to teach you. And that being said, you also, if you jump into getting rid of things which is the main topic of this podcast, getting rid of things that you're not ready to get rid of. Something funny happens. You regret things. You regret letting go of things that you weren't ready to let go of. And I think that is far more detrimental to your efforts of decluttering and minimalizing. Minimalizing? Minimizing. It's far more detrimental to the entire process than it is me saying, let's be gentle. If you're not ready to let go of that, we're going to put it off to the side. Let's focus on something else. Let's keep that forward momentum on things that you can let go of. So I'm not saying keep all the things. I'm saying we're going to put that thing aside. This, this tiny thing that weighs so heavy on your heart. We're going to put that aside and we're going to focus on something that we can deal with. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't feel like enabling to keep people cluttered. That feels like guiding them to where they can make progress. It's guiding them so that when the time is right for that item, if the time is right, Because there's a lot of stuff that people hold on to and they really don't love it. They really don't use it, but there's something that's holding them to it. Those are the things that we can, let's, let's maybe set it out. Let's not put it in a box. It needs to be out so that you can see it, so that you can experience it, so that you can feel what it feels like to have it in your space. If you look at it for the next three weeks and you're, you're just like, every time you look at it, why am I keeping that? That is so dumb. Your mind is going to make the decision for you. Your mind will eventually like the logic of seeing it and hearing what your 
your internal voice is saying is going to make that decision for you. Why would we push it and make your mind say, you know, this regret, decluttering, minimizing, it's just too hard. Why? Because now I regret those things. Regret in decluttering is probably one of the biggest nails in the coffin. Probably one of the biggest nails in the coffin. That and trying to do too much all at once. Now, alternatively, I want you to look at the opposite end of this. If, if you had somebody that was supporting you to declutter and they kept making excuses for you to keep things, they kept making reasons for you to keep things. They kept saying, we could use this. Maybe, what if, what if we turned this into this and now you have an extra project to do? That is enabling you to keep clutter. And a lot of times, it's not a person that is helping us. It's our own selves that are in, in our head. That's our self-talk when we're trying to declutter. So, enabling somebody to stay cluttered looks a lot different than helping guide people gently through the process. I would much rather go slower and give you smaller baby steps to do than overwhelm you or push you to let go of things that you're not ready to let go of. I have so many tools in this toolbox that it doesn't matter what you throw at me. We can talk about things and we can figure out where you're at, where, where your head space is, where your, your heart space is, because I think your head and your heart are really important when you're going through the process. So important. And we don't want to do any missteps because that can send you backwards. I remember at the beginning of my journey, I, it was almost like a binge purge. Can that, and I'm not talking like this is in no way anything towards people that have eating disorders. This was me going really hardcore on letting go of stuff. And I would do three, four hours in the toughest space of my house, which was the basement of doom. Remember that? So I would do multiple hours down there. Don't even get me started on the garage. The garage was like, not only did it have Mr. Cozy's stuff in there, but it also had my stuff, extra stuff that didn't fit in the basement of doom. So when I would try to deal with the stuff in the basement, and I still had a cluttered main floor and my living spaces were still cluttered, my surfaces were still cluttered, And I was trying to focus on the heart stuff. 
And when I say the heart stuff, I mean the stuff that I was emotionally connected to. Not that I loved, because there's a difference. I felt guilt about the stuff that was down there because I had spent money on it and I never used it and I wanted to try to keep my, um, try to get some money's worth out of it. I felt like my loved ones were attached to those items and so I stuffed them in boxes and I kept them down there. I felt that maybe someday I would use all of these craft supplies and make some cool stuff and maybe I could even make some money someday off of all of my brilliant creations. None of those things happened. (laughs) None of them. And there is a ton more stories that I could tell you about the things that were down there. And if you're interested, hit me up. Let me know on Instagram or Facebook if you want to hear more about the basement of doom and my challenges and struggles down there. But I was working on this stuff that I I didn't have any reason to be working on. That I was just making it harder for myself. And I felt that if I tackled this, I would be able to tackle everything. Like everything else would be easy peasy. Do you know what that did to me? I would box things up. I spent six hours, emotionally draining six hours, sometimes eight. And I would try to force myself to go down the next day. I could not physically move myself down there. So all of the stuff that I had set aside for donation stayed in the basement of doom. So I never did move them up the stairs. Never never brought them upstairs in order to move forward with them. So as I worked on this, I, I burnt myself out because I was trying to deal with all of the emotions with them. I was trying to get too much done. And then at the end of it, I looked around and I had made no progress. I felt like I had made no progress because I wasn't focusing on one shelf down there. I wasn't focusing on one corner. I was focusing my efforts like a squirrel collecting nuts. I was here, I was there, I was here, I was there, I was here, I was there. That is not the way to do it if you're focusing on a larger storage space. It's okay to build momentum at the beginning of your process in your main living areas to seek out those those items to seek out a specific kind of item, just to get stuff flowing outwards. But it makes it really, really difficult when you're trying to spend six hours and you've made a goal to do six hours every day. Six hours, six hours. So I, I got, I, I was burnt out. I burnt myself out in one day. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to do any decluttering, anything, for six months, eight months. And it would sit. All of that stuff would sit. And guess what? It would continue to grow. Because I would look and I would be like, ah, 
ah, someone's coming over. I need to throw stuff and get it out of the way. So then I put it down on the landing um, behind the door and try to hide it from people that were coming over. Yeah, that's what happened. And so not only was it not getting worked on, but it was also filling up more. And so then when I go down there six months later, I would see everything again. And I would have those boxes that I went through six months prior and I'd touch them again. And I'd make decisions on them again. So do you see where this is going? I didn't know how I was supposed to declutter. And that definitely inhibited me for a few years. So once I started figuring out the process and I started looking at what are things that I can do? What are some things that I can do that are easy? And then I started working with other people and I started applying those same things that I learned in my own journey and applied them to them. And as I was helping other people, I was still going through my own stuff. We were each at our own different levels and I was still able to help them because I had been where they were. I am a fan of clutter-free living. I am a huge fan of minimalism. Not the extreme minimalism, but minimalism that works for each and every single one of you. So if there's any moral to this story, it is. I am here for you, friend. I am not going to enable you to stay cluttered. I am going to enable you to clear your stuff in a way that works for you, in a way that is going to support you long term, in a way that is going to help you let go of things in a realistic way. This approach is not an all or nothing approach. This is a gentle clearing of clutter, layer by layer, little by little, drawer by drawer. It is not for the impatient. <laughs> Definitely not. But I do promise that you will feel better at home. You will feel lighter home will begin to support you. You'll feel nourished. You'll, you'll feel like when you walk through that door at the end of a tough day, a sigh of relief, you'll get a chance to breathe. And like I said a while ago on one of my posts, some of you are feeling like you're treading water right now. That just the day-to-day stuff, it's so hard to keep your head above water. What we offer in this community, in this movement, is the ability to step outside of that treading water and get in the boat. You don't need to just survive or feel like you're in survival mode. You can actually thrive. So thanks for listening again this week. I appreciate you. 
and uh, we'll talk next week. Toodles. Hey friend, I want to take the time right now to thank you. Thank you for letting me be in your ear for another week. An extra special thanks goes out to those of you that have been leaving written reviews on Apple Podcasts. So I have something special for those of you. If you leave a review, good or bad, screenshot it and then send it to my Instagram message. Every month, I'm going to go through everyone that sends them and draw one name, one review to get a tiny gift for me. And it's it's inconsequential. It's not a big deal, but it's just a little thank you for taking the time out of your day to write a review. So I appreciate you, whether you're listening, whether you're reviewing, whether you're a part of the community, each and every single one of you matter. And I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, toodles.